Leadership File on Premier. Welcome to The Leadership File, the show that helps you lead where God has placed you. I'm Andy Peck. Every now and again on The Leadership File, we're able to track the progress of a ministry that we heard about at its start and then as it's underway. And I'm delighted, therefore, to welcome back Mark Williamson of One Rock International, who, with his wife Joanna, set up a leadership training academy in London. They were my guests back in July 2013. So this show will focus on leadership training, which may give you ideas for your training programme in your local church, charity or business, but also details of how you can still sign up to the coming year's series of meetings. So welcome, Mark, back to the Leadership Farm. Thank you. Great to be back with you. I can't believe it's four years. It's That's making it, me feel old. It's Well, it's frightening, <laughs> isn't it? And, you know, with the blessings of Gmail, I was able to, um, you know, type, <laughs> type in your name. And, um, yeah, there you were. So that was brilliant. So... Um, Take us back to the very start, Mark. What were your dreams and how they've been fulfilled? Well, with setting up particularly the Leadership Academy. Yes, indeed. You know, yeah. I did three years ago. Um, I guess the dream was to be able to resource young Christian adults who are struggling with maybe trying to discern what it is they're called to do, or those that do have an amazing idea. They've got a sense of what God's calling them to do that they don't necessarily have the skills or the community or the expertise to make that vision become reality, to help those people to start fulfilling God's plan for their lives. Um, and I guess particularly, I think we've become passionate about what my old boss, Rob Frost, used to call missionary entrepreneurs, um, people that are trying to pioneer new missional ventures. And they're often either church projects, you know, missional communities, or they might be new businesses, social enterprises, you know, um, could be for profit, but with a kingdom perspective in it, helping those sorts of people get their new projects off the ground that are going to make a difference for the kingdom. Yeah, but it's all very well having, I mean, dreams, you know, and ideas. But you've actually kind of made it happen. Um, so hmm. we'll, 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 yes. come, we'll come, we'll come on to that a bit later. I mean, uh, well, but why, why leadership training at all? I mean, what, what was the thing that made you think, hang on, I want to, I want to resource and help those people because a lot of people know it happens but they don't care you know to do any assisting yeah um i guess i think it's one of the things that can make the most profound difference um in in trying to achieve anything i think leadership is required whenever you've got more than one person working on a on a project um whatever it is it requires effective leadership to bring out the best in all the people that are there on that on that fledgling team to turn it yep. into a team yeah, yeah. um and it's often something that we don't focus on that much in the church. Um, the danger is we can think whatever we're doing is the only thing, the key that is necessary. And I don't want to say that of leadership is not the only thing, because we need prayer. We need to be aligned with the scriptures. We need to have you know, personal holiness. We need to have all those things. But I think we also need effective leadership for any church, for any business, for any venture to move forward, um, especially into the plans that God has for it. So I guess I became passionate about trying to help address that gap. You know, there's lots of churches that are doing great things, teaching us about how to read the scriptures, how to pray, all that sort of stuff. I don't see as many saying, how can we equip our congregations and our members with leadership skills? And, uh, I mean, you've become a very international group, I, I noticed. So how, how have your, how's your message gone beyond London? <laughs> 
So uh, uh, the charity that I'm part of, One Rock International, has always had that in its DNA from the beginnings, I guess. Um, and we've we've got partners already in place from all over the world. So one of our biggest partners is an American restaurant chain called Chick-fil-A, an amazing business run on Christian kingdom values. So they send some of their top executives to come and train and to coach on our academy. So we always started with that in the DNA. But it was a logical progression of whatever we're doing in London that seems to be working and is able to invest in young leaders. We want to give those opportunities to other people around the world as well, especially in a lot of cultures where, you know, there's even less opportunity for leadership training. If I say that it's not that common in London still, certainly in other places, it's definitely even less common. So to be able to offer that to people in Africa, to people across the Middle East. And I think that, you know, that's one of, that's one of the crucial things that is going to further the kingdom that is going to bring transformation and development to places, especially across sub-Saharan Africa. It's often the next generation of entrepreneurs that are trying to set up businesses that are really going to start to turn the tide and we'll see, we'll see poverty eliminated across that continent. I think the, the entrepreneurs have a big part to play in that and it would be amazing if they are Christian entrepreneurs that are not just there to make a profit, but they're also there to glorify God and do some social good with the business skills as well as you know providing employment. Sure. And um, I mean, I understand that uh, places, particularly in the former Soviet Union, uh, where um, there had been such a, a high, heavy state control and so little freedom that actually there's very little um, mentality, should we say, towards leadership because, yes. um, because they've not been used to exercising those particular muscles. Yeah, definitely. And it is often a mindset shift and a realisation of, wow, we, we could do this. Do we need anyone else's permission? Do we need, you know, resources or whatever? Let's let's go for it and see rather than waiting and hoping that someone else is going to come and fulfill that problem or solve that need or whatever it is. Now, I mean, you, you focus on an age band that statistically has the lowest uh, number who attend the average church in the UK, which is the 25 hmm. to 35s. So, I mean, I'm just fascinated yeah. that you should focus on that that age group and, and be so yeah. successful in, in serving them. Yeah. Um, so here's the confession time. I guess I'm now 38. <laughs> so when we started, I was in that age band. Right, right, yeah. And that was always my passion, even going back 10 years ago, to be able to invest in that age, in my peers, and, and help them to be able to make a difference. Um, but now that I'm getting a bit long in the tooth at the grand old age of 38, you know, I'm still just as passionate, if not maybe more, of working with that younger generation. Because I think that in terms of the mindset, maybe it's easier for them to grasp. They're more willing to take a risk, to start a new venture, to try something new. Um, I do see, I see a shift, actually. Um, and it's not just... Um, you know, I see it across Africa. There's a new generation of entrepreneurial leaders. But I think it's true in the UK as well. There is something about the the younger generation, the millennials, are much more willing to set up their own business, to set up a new church, to try a plant, to, to do something new for God rather than rely on the existing systems. And I think that's really exciting. And if we can, if we can work with those people and resource them, and help them to lay stuff with good foundations, then I think God can really be glorified through all of that. 
we'll, we'll come on a little bit later to the kind of things you do, but I'm just, I suppose my follow-on question to what I've asked is, how different would the teaching be if you had older attendees, you know, people as old as 38? <laughs> no, but I mean, I mean in, in all seriousness, but, you know, people in their 50s, for example, you know, you know sure. people like me in my 50s, here we are. <laughs> um, you know, would, sure. would the teaching be much different or is it basically... You know the teaching's the same. It's just it's just applied differently depending on your age group. That's exactly it. I think yeah. the teaching is the same. And at One Rock, we do that. We provide you know workshops for churches, and they tend to be working with much older age groups. You know, working with groups in their fifties, sixties, and in their seventies. Um, and that's fantastic. But I suppose I'm a big believer that leadership is leadership. You know, whether um, whatever age group of people you're working with, whatever culture around the world you're working with, mm. it's the same principles of people want, um, you know, to be able to know what is the vision, what is their role in it, how can they work alongside others, um, how can you blend all of the best skills of people to create an amazing high performance team. I think it's the same. Um, what is different, if I can dare to say this, maybe is when you're working with an older age group, there is a lot more experience that is already there. And a lot of our training is helping people to reflect on what they already know about leadership, whether it's conscious or not, whether they've been taught it or just, you know, everyone's had experience of working with good leaders and bad leaders. So we bring all of that stuff in. And obviously older people have much more experience and maybe have been able to reflect on that more. And dare I say it, maybe there's more humility as well. Because I guess one of the downsides that I've said about, you know, the passion of young people, yeah, let's go and start something new, is there is sometimes a um, misunderstanding that it's all just going to work out perfectly, that God has it all, and it's going to be plain sailing. And I think that once you've tried some things and they've not worked out how you wanted them to, maybe they've even outright failed, there's a new humility that comes with that. Yeah. And I guess that's part of our maturing process. And I think God can use those leaders actually even more powerfully because then we're recognizing, oh, it's not about me. I thought I was Superman. I realize that I'm not. It's whatever good happens, it's kind of the grace of God through me rather than it's all about me. Mm. So I'd say experience hopefully breeds humility. And that can be really powerful in leadership. No, quite. That's well said. Thank you. Um, just before we have a break coming up in a minute, Mark, but um, the kind of areas you cover? In, your, in terms of our teaching curriculum? Yeah, yeah. Um, we have three curriculum streams that we want people to grow in. The first is spiritual formation. So how do people um, maintain the rhythms and the habits for a close relationship with God and without falling into burnout, which we see as a huge issue, especially amongst young leaders that want to take on the world and achieve everything you know, by next week. So we do a lot on that and about our leadership coming from Christ, what are his foundational principles. Actually, I think one of the brilliant things Jesus did for leadership is turned it on its head and said it's all about service. Mm. So we try and have that right at the kernel of what we're doing. And out of that, our second stream is discerning vision. There's so many things we could do with our life, but how do we know what God is calling us to do? So we do a lot of time helping people to discern the unique vision God has for them. And then third is leadership skills. Um, so how can I plan strategically? How do I communicate effectively? How do we build teams? How can I coach skills to others? All those sorts of really nitty-gritty, concrete, practical stuff. We get into that, but again, it's all in that. It's all in that spiritual context. 
Right, splendid. Well, you're listening to The Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Mark Williamson. Uh, Mark is, uh, with his wife Joanna, set up a leadership training academy in London. Uh, it's part of One Rock International. And we'll be back just after this. Welcome back to The Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Mark Williamson of One Rock International. We're talking about the Leadership Training Academy that he runs in London. Uh, One Rock also does uh, other ministries out other parts of the world too, which we'll come on to a bit later. We were talking before the break a little bit about um, how the focus is on uh, 25s to 35s uh, on leadership, Christians in leadership, not just to church charity, but in the uh, the business world, uh, helping particularly those who are wanting to set up businesses, a sort of entrepreneurial uh, approach uh, to life. Um, and we, we, we hinted uh, before the break, uh, or at least Mark mentioned, that spiritual formation was very much part of the um, of the, the mix of what they seek to do. And um, I'm just interested, Mark, in how you found that side of things, having uh, you know been some years into into doing the academy. Um, you know what what you actually look at in terms of spiritual formation within a within a would be leader or a person who's leading already. Sure, um, we look a lot at character. Um, there's a classic illustration, I suppose, of leadership as an iceberg, and you talk about what you can see of the iceberg is above the line, but there's a far greater bulk underneath the line that you can't see. It's you know anything between I think people estimate ten and thirty percent is visible, but there's this huge mass underneath the water that is actually kind of providing the ballast for the iceberg on almost its power and its momentum. And so we relate that a lot to skills and character. And skills are the things above the line that everyone can see. You know, it's quite visible if you've got good skills or if you've got poor skills. People can very quickly observe that in you. But your character is much more hidden. Um, And yet that needs to be so much greater to be able to then allow you a platform to use those skills. And if you don't spend the time investing in the character, then the whole thing becomes lopsided. Um, You can easily capsize or shipwreck, whatever the metaphor is in terms of that leadership stuff. Um, Sometimes we say as well, you know, your, your skills will determine how far you can rise in whether it's your career or the venture, whatever it is you're doing. But if your character is not there, that is going to ensure that you fall. Um, That's the thing that brings people back to earth. So, so it's essential that, the character stuff is built in it. It is foundational stuff. Yeah, and of course, it is possible to fake um, character in the sense that you know, as people observe observable skills, then um, they can they can be impressed easily by a good talk or a, mm-hmm. someone who's who who takes you know who's cast vision well or whatever. Um, and 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 you know, but it, over time, it's the character dimension that will. Um, as you've said, or you've, you've hinted, create a, a, um, a, either a good foundation for someone to flourish or actually, you know, end up meaning they capsize the, you know, the ship that they're, that they're skippering. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Uh, one of my heroes in that, I think, is Billy Graham, mm. you know, who um, we do a lot of work studying previous missionary leaders, people that have lived this stuff out and made a huge impact for Christ. And Billy Graham is definitely one of those. And clearly, he had great skills and he was very much anointed as an evangelist. God used him powerfully. But one of the most powerful things is that for 60 years, he did that 
with pretty much no slipping in terms of integrity. And despite lots of people trying to catch him out and even, you know, set him up in different ways, um, but he managed to avoid the pitfalls that a lot of other evangelists fell into of, you know, certainly money and sex derailing ministries. He and his team put some safeguards in place early on and said, we're not going to succumb to these temptations. We're going we're gonna to do all we can to make sure that this does not derail us and discredit the work of God. And uh, you see coaching as a vital part of um, um, your work. I mean, I looked at the video that you do on, um, you know, uh, and overseeing the, um, you know, giving an overview of of the kind of academy work. And you certainly mention, you know, quite clearly the the role of the the coach uh, and having a regular coaching as you go. And I'm just interested in how that works out. Yeah, we think that's really powerful. Um, we have our coaches meet up. The Academy is a one-year project, um, and we have people meet monthly with their coach over that year where they're able to reflect on all the stuff that they're learning. Um, and I think it's becoming more and more powerful, actually, because we live in an information age. You know, We live in a time when there is so much material that we can consume. You know, there's so much free stuff available on the internet. A lot of it not very good. Some of it very good, though. You know, we can spend hours and hours consuming all of that content. But if there's no opportunity to reflect on it and to think, how am I going to start applying this? It actually becomes worthless. Um, And more and more, I find, because there's such a because there's maybe so many competing voices, there's so many different things that we could do, different things that we are told to do or to try and implement, to have a coach who will sit down with you and not another person who's telling you what to do, that's definitely not what coaching is, but asking you, so from all of this that you've just been learning, what do you want to implement? What do you think the next phase is? It can be so powerful. It's so liberating to to help people plot their way through kind of all of that mess of information to think, right, this therefore is what I need to focus on. Um, A lot of it is helping people find the focus um, or even maybe, you know, discern what it is that God is saying again um, and then being able to move forward in that. Uh, One of your emphases, Mark, is, is that you train leaders for any area of life where God's called them. I mentioned that in the yeah. introduction. You know, and obviously a lot of Christian leadership is focused on the church or the, the yeah. kind of Christian environment. Um, and it is a, can be a massive challenge to lead in a non-believing environment for a Christian who wants to be a Christian leader. And some obviously give up and end up you know, working in a, mm-hmm. in a more narrow world. Uh, I'm just wondering yeah. how, what you cover in that uh, and how you help folk on the course to understand the, the, the nuances of leading in a non-believing environment, but but one that's true to their spiritual roots. So again, I don't actually think it's that different. Um, I think leadership is leadership, and it's the same principles that are required. And, you know, in terms of especially, I suppose, all the stuff we've talked about on the spiritual formation, on where is this coming from, our um, ethos of service, is perhaps even more attractive outside of the church, because that should be so massively countercultural. You know, hopefully we have a lot of servant leadership in the church. That should be the norm. And yes, it is very much practiced outside the church, but you would expect it should be a little more countercultural. Um so maybe I'm a heretic on that. I think I think it's the same. 
Um, it's a different mindset, I have to admit. So I can recall, um, you know, I've spent a lot of my time leading teams within the church. And then in a previous job, I was running a community arts festival um, in southwest London. And we opened that up. And as well as working with churches, I found myself working with a lot of local business leaders, a lot of local politicians, um, actually, and trying to work together to put on different community events and have them engaged with some of the church folk. And there are some differences. I mean, just practically, I suppose I was used to always opening and closing a meeting with a prayer. Yes. Now, that's not going to be as relevant. <laughs> no. uh, that, that would have alienated a lot of people. Absolutely, and yes. I said that, you know, and I had to catch myself to begin mm. with. Oh, okay, no. But but apart from apart from some of those things, actually, the whole thing on, okay, so what is it we're trying to achieve? What is the vision? What are the objectives? Who can bring different strengths to this? How can we how can we align on a on a common thing that is serving the community and that is really worthwhile? Once I got into it, I realised this is this is the same skills, you know. And sometimes they will ask me about my whole motivation for this. Why do you want to do this community engagement stuff, Mark? Why is it important to the church? Well, okay, brilliant. Now I've got a platform to share where all of that is coming from. Sometimes it's not asked, and so I don't need to overtly say I'm doing this for Jesus. Um, but I can still lead in a way that I think is very, very in sync with Jesus's values, and that will and that will be welcomed, you know, recognised and welcomed outside the church. No, oh, brilliant. That's, I love, yeah, I love the way you express that. So thank you. That's that's enormously helpful. Um, now there'll be listeners who are, you know, they're, they're church people. Maybe they've not thought about doing leadership training within within their church any i appreciate this mm -hmm. we've only got a few moments as we've, we've finished but any any keys that you'd say to them about leadership training in the local church um i'd say get involved wherever you can I, in, in some ways i see leadership training is almost like life training now you know it's interpersonal relationship training the more we can learn on this stuff the more the more effective we can be in trying to serve Jesus. That's my whole motivation for it, you know, in, in working on kingdom projects, missional projects, where we need to work together. So I'd say if your church is running stuff, then get involved. Um, if I can dare to say maybe to the church leaders as well, often the church leader mentality is we want to train leaders because we need more positions filled in the church. Yes. You know, we need more house group leaders, we need more church stewards, we need more whatever. And those, those are really good things, but I encourage the church leaders to think outside of that as well. We shouldn't just be training up leaders to serve within the church, but can we train our congregations to be leaders who are serving Jesus outside of the church, in their businesses, in their workplaces, in their schools, um, you know, even in local politics, it would be brilliant if we have more and more Christians active in all of these different spheres and with really strong leadership skills who are able to, to influence us more powerfully. Yeah. Um, and so your next, when does your next course start and how can listeners get involved? Yeah, our next academy begins at the end of October. Um, the 25th to the 28th of October is the four-day workshop that it all kicks off with. There's plenty of information on our website, onerockinternational.com forward slash London. There's a four-minute video there that explains it all. People can get in touch with us. So, yeah, I'd encourage anyone who's interested, anyone in our, in our age group of 25 to 35, do check that out and get in touch if you want to join. 
Brilliant. Good. Well, Mark, thank you so much for all you've shared. And this all, I mean, even if folk are not directly going to be uh, tying in with, with One Rock International, there'll be some, uh, I think, some insights that you've given that's going to help them in their leadership, but also particularly in, in the leadership training. So uh, we really appreciated all that you've shared. That's a pleasure. Thanks for the Good. time. Good. Well, you've been listening to Leadership Far with me, Andy Peck. I was joined this week by Mark Williamson of One Rock International, onerockinternational.com again to go and find out more details of the course that's starting towards the end of October. Uh, you can log on to Premier's website and listen to archive versions of Leadership Far, log on to iTunes and get the uh, show, uh, the podcast of the show to your listening device and you can listen whether you are able to tune in on a Sunday at 3.30 or not. But if you are, uh, I look forward to your Company again next Sunday. Uh, Thanks for joining us. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Leadership File on Premier. Andy Peck serves as a tutor at CWR, a Christian charity whose courses and publications aim to apply God's word to everyday life. Contact him via email apeck at cwr.org.uk.